Hi everyone, welcome to episode 68 of the Switch Focus podcast. Um, I'm your host, not Andy Corrigan, it's me Ginny, clearly, and I am joined this week by Andrew Brown, yay! Yay! <laughs> so it's just the two of us this week, um, Andy has some stuff to do with family, but that's okay, um, I'm sure we'll more than make up for it with um, requisite jokes about games that we have or haven't played, and dad jokes! So, um, without further ado, let's move on to the first bit of today's episode, which is the latest Switch news. This week, in the latest Switch online news, I suppose, um, it looks like Nintendo um, is one of the uh, three major companies, the other two being Sony and Microsoft, being investigated by the Competition and Markets Authority um, in the UK over... Um, essentially what is Nintendo Switch Online, so over online gaming subscriptions. So essentially what it looks like um, is the situation here is the CMA is trying to figure out whether or not online gaming companies like Nintendo are being fair with customers when they automatically roll over subscriptions and they're looking at things like how fair it is or how easy it is for people to get refunds or to cancel subscriptions and to have control over those subscriptions and future prices. So I thought that was interesting um, that I guess Switch got lumped into what Microsoft and PlayStation have um, and that the CMA is concerned about, I guess, like practicality slash pricing because we all know how expensive PS Plus is compared to the Switch, which is online service. Same with lots of sort of Xbox Live services. I don't know. I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen per se that will make Nintendo switch up their pricing model slash business model. But it's interesting to me, I suppose, that it's... It's a it's a concern enough for a governmental body to investigate, I suppose the the ongoing uh, rollover effects of people using subscription services. I mean, do you care, Andrew? I mean, you know, I know both you and I are pretty happy with the way that Nintendo Switch Online works. Um, uh, no complaints from me, anyway. Uh, do you think that it's too much, too little, um, not implemented correctly? Do you have any complaints at all? You're just pretty stoked with what it's got. I think the problem is less the price as the cumulative effect of all the services that are out there now mm. uh, kind of stacking up on people mm. and the way those services work because often they renew themselves automatically and the people who use them I know I do I rarely think about when they're actually going to renew themselves until you know the time's coming I I have Amazon I don't I think in May I think I have to look it up to see when my Amazon thing resets and you know I, I I have relatively few services that I subscribe to so it's not so hard for me to keep track of but if you're some of the people out there who have like Spotify and all three console services and Netflix and Amazon and Disney plus <laughs> that's a lot to keep track of so I, I could see that being a concern because a lot of these services like Nintendo certainly mm-hmm. staying on on the focus of what we talk about on the podcast. Nintendo's service uh, sets itself to renew automatically. And there were, anytime you see a guide out there explaining about a deal for getting the service or even signing up for the free week, uh, they come with a guide telling you how to disable the automatic renew because even if you get that free week that comes for having a new My Nintendo account, Mm. that free week when it ends will charge you money whether you want it or not unless you go in and disable that 
automatic renewal. So that, I think, is the main thing that's really wor- to be worried about here. And with all of the services a person could potentially be subscribed to and automatically renewing themselves because the person only has to deal with it once a year yeah. and maybe doesn't think about it when it's coming up, that can be a surprise charge that can really hurt some people who are living paycheck to paycheck is far too many people these days are living paycheck to paycheck. So as far as things government could be sticking their nose into, I, I really don't have a problem with this. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think it's probably it's probably the better way to look at the motivation, I suppose, of an investigation like this. Um, I am one of those people that subscribes to quite a few things, but monthly, like I don't really, there's always an option to pay stuff, you know, once a year or once every six months. And I'm always someone that likes to kind of do it per month so I know exactly what's going out but even then I'll I'll kind of forget some things like oh like oh Spotify I didn't remember that I had to be paid today or like little things like Google Drive subscriptions and everything like it's I think you're right it's quite easy to lose track of what you're actually subscribed to so yeah I think I think it's good to be more transparent I think that corporations should be more transparent about how they access and how they uh, acquire um, our money so no complaints there um, but it is interesting, um, I guess, a bit of a non-game related news per se um, for the Switch, um, a non-hardware related news, um, which is going to be a first for a while. Um, let's move on to the next part of the show, what we played this week. So this week, it looks like we're going to cover Yoshi's Crafted World, which is the big one, Darksiders, the War Mastered Edition, Overwhelm, and Lyrica. So, right, stay tuned and go anywhere. <laughs> Alright, now in the What We Played This Week section, um, we are going to have Andrew kick it off with Yoshi's Crafted World. So I really, really, really wanted to play this, but Sekiro got me. Um, And I think it's claimed Andy as well for the time being. Um, So I didn't get around to it, but I love me some Yoshi. um, And I thought um, the the last game that came out for Yoshi, Yoshi's Willy World, was pretty good. I really, really enjoyed it. So, Andrew, as the one-man band who played Yoshi's Crafted World this week, how did you find it? Did you like it? Uh, would I love it if I loved Yoshi's Woolly World? Tell me more about this game. If you loved Yoshi's Woolly World and you like me, you're probably going to be disappointed with this game. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's not the answer I really wanted, but continue. I can take it. The level design is not up to what was going on in Whirly World. Like, you remember those really fun shower curtain levels in Woolly World? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- there's nothing like that in this game. <laughs> mm, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, th- there's one level where you slide down ropes on slanted poles, and it's not a roller coaster like it is in Woolly World's shower curtain levels. It's just It's just a rope on a pole. <laughs> that is disappointing. <laughs> yeah, and and like Woolly World had many other levels that like they were practically dungeons where you had to solve yeah, multiple puzzles to right. get through doors to get to the end of the level. There's nothing like that in this game either. Uh, it feels like it's a deliberate step back towards simpler level design because Woolly World was made by Goodfeel, who made Kirby's Epic Yarn, which was kind of infamous for having almost no difficulty. Mm-hmm. This feels like a step back towards that. It's not as simplistic as Kirby's Epic Yarn okay. is, but it, it's still a much simpler game compared to Woolly World, no. which if you're coming at it 
from the perspective I am, and I think it's sounding like the perspective you are, where you're a fan of past Yoshi games, mm-hmm. especially Yoshi's Island, mm-hmm. you want the complexity and you want the challenge yeah, of correct. a game like Woolly World. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you can play through this game and it's got the same game mechanics as the past Yoshi games Mm -hmm. where you're trying to earn flowers in the levels by accomplishing goals like getting a certain number of coins, finishing the level with full health, finding all of the red coins hidden in the level, and also finding the flowers that are just hidden in the level. And that, that works fine. That's the same system it's always been. It works great. But then they've added in more things you can do. You can play through the level backwards, and you can also find, while you're doing the level backwards, Poochie's three missing puppies. Ooh. Yeah, this could have been something really interesting, but it's just playing through the levels backwards. There's almost no difference. It's just playing the same level that you did in reverse. And because you're playing it in reverse, all the puzzles that you normally would have solved to get to the end of the level, if there even were any, are already solved. So it's just running backwards through the whole level basically and trying to grab the puppies along the way and getting to the end of the level in the target time which there was maybe one or two levels that it required any amount of effort on my part to actually make that target time then once you've done that there's also scavenger hunts that you go on which send you back into the levels to find hidden items Mm -hmm. before i was even halfway done with this game i was starting to recognize what the items i was going to need to hit with an egg to claim them for the scavenger hunt but you can't actually you can't actually claim them until the character sends you on the scavenger hunt and you can only do the scavenger hunt after you've beaten the poochie levels And you can only do the scavenger hunts one at a time. So you're playing the level through once to get all the flowers for it. Then you're playing through it in reverse to get the puppies. Then you're playing Mm. through it again for a scavenger hunt. Then you're playing through it again for another scavenger hunt. Then you're playing through it again for another scavenger hunt. So it's a disappointing level design, Mm -hmm. certainly in comparison to Wooly World. And you're playing these levels over and over and over again and they're not that great to begin with and uh, <laughs> I was so, I was so let down by this game. I was going to try not to talk about it in terms of Wooly World but y- y- you went straight there because <laughs> uh, I, d- I, wa- I did want to talk about this game on its own merits yeah. because uh, maybe this game is fine mm-hmm. on its own merits and I'm just coming at it from the perspective of I wanted more Wooly World. That's mm-hmm. not what this game is but that's how I feel about it and I think that's how a lot of people will feel about it. Uh, I've been talking with some other people who've been playing it on Twitter. They've been pretty let down by this game too. Okay. Damn. Well, that's that's great. Love lovely update from you there. Really, really great. Um yeah. I I have I guess maybe been lucky enough to stay away um from people discussing it on Twitter, maybe because everyone's been playing Sekiro on my timeline, so I've been mercifully spared from the Yoshi discourse. It's been exhausting. Sekiro, 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 Sekiro. Yeah, just like an endless train of difficulty discourse, um, which I haven't had to encounter with Yoshi's um, crafted world, thank goodness. (laughs) I have been waiting for it for a long time, and I think I'm probably still going to get it, just because I'm like a sucker for all the Yoshi games um, and all the Kirby titles. Like, I I mean, I played Star Allies for so long last year for no particular reason, right? (laughs) Um, 100% completed the game so quickly. But um, I'm just I'm just a sucker for those platformers like that, like a nostalgic thing for me. So I am probably still gonna pick it up. 
Um, but it is a little bit disappointing that it's not going to live up to what Woolly World was like because that's probably one of my favorite Yoshi's games apart from Yoshi's Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yoshi's Island and Woolly World are both masterpieces. Yeah. Uh, this game is, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair, disappointing. Fair enough. Well, well, well. I noticed this week as well, um, while you mentioned last week, that you were going to be playing Darksiders. This is the Warmastered Edition, which I assume is full DLC remaster. I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how how did you feel about this one um, on a scale of one to Yoshi's Crafted World? <laughs> well, I'll say this for Yoshi's Crafted Worlds. It ended, it ended up being much longer than I expected it. So I didn't get to play as much Darksiders as I wanted to. Okay. Uh, but what I have played of Darksiders, I've been pretty happy with. Uh, this is a very mid-2000s game. It feels like it. Uh, I've heard people repeatedly compare it to The Legend of Zelda, and I wasn't Mm. really on board with that until I got to the first boss. And I was like, okay, yeah, that felt like a dungeon, and this feels like a boss. So I understand why people compare it to The Legend of Zelda. I personally would compare it more to The Legacy of Cain, or even this is how I would sell this game to somebody, is if you really liked God of War, the the reboot they put out last year... (laughs) Okay. This is, it's very similar in terms of the design that they put into it. The level design is not nearly as good. And, you know, it's obviously not as huge or as mm. technical because it's working with a lot less power. And also it's a 10 plus year old game at this point. But that is really how I would compare it to is it, this is God of War if it was made 10 years ago. All right. I'm not very far into it, but I, I, I've certainly enjoyed what I've played so far. I'll, I'll be back in the next episode after I'll have likely finished it by then to say more. Sounds good. Um, I was kind of let down by the latest Darksiders. Oh, number three? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never played any of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Darksiders 3 sounded like it was polarizing, but I, yeah. I have Darksiders 2 on Wii U, so uh, it, if I'm not sick of it, the Switch... Darksiders 1, I I might jump straight into that, because I'm enjoying myself with this game. Fair enough. Good stuff. That sounds cool. I guess we'll hear more about it next week. Just as a bit of a break um, from Andrew, give his voice a rest. Um, We're going to talk briefly about Lyrica, which is a game that I played this week. Lyrica is a rhythm game. (laughs) Dun dun. Typical Ginny. Um, It's a rhythm game based on Chinese poetry. Which sounds quite ridiculous, but it's actually not. It's actually great. So Lyrica is, like I said, a rhythm game um, that plays probably the most like Osu as a point of comparison. So unlike stuff on the shop already, like Boaz and Taiko, it, it's sort of less frantic and less frenetic. Um, and it's less about sliding your fingers every which way over the screen and or um, timing like a million drumming runs. Um, It is actually probably too easy of a rhythm game, but that's really because the focus of the game is the poetry. So it kind of would probably make a better instructional tool than a game almost is the vibe that I get um, as someone that is a Mandarin speaker. Um, I feel like I would want to use this game to like introduce people to Chinese poetry as opposed to be like, check out this really cool game with great music um, to play on your portable Nintendo console. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, it's a, It's got decent music. Basically, it's a bunch of different genres of... It's like different genre covers of people vocalizing to Chinese poetry. 
you kind of need to experience it for yourself it's really hard to explain or to tell like to imagine what that sounds like without youtubing it so please youtube it it's it's basically what you expect someone singing chinese poetry in a variety of genres ranging from like rock to jazz it is really quite the experience um and as you're playing the text for the poetry will pop, will pop up on the screen sort of where you press and before you start each track you've got the ability to pull up a screen to learn more about the poet and the poem and more about it i guess its origins prior to the song um so it really kind of feels like a, it was meant to be an educational tool you know just because of all the features that they have mm-hmm. which are unrelated to um i suppose the core mechanic of a rhythm game which is uh, essentially sort of frenetic finger tapping um slash joy con mashing i would i would recommend it for people that i think have a keen interest in like chinese culture um or perhaps asian culture more widely um if you're a rhythm game fanatic this is not enough of a rhythm game challenge for you to to probably make the the wish list but if you want to learn about chinese history um and the story quote-unquote story mode in the game does do that when you unlock songs it tells you more about the time period um, about particular time periods in Chinese history and stuff like that. So if you if you want to learn about China and ancient China and listen to some rad poetry um, that that sounds like Chinese, um, I don't know, pop rock or something, you know, yeah, you can you pick it up. It is a really weird game. I didn't expect to see it on the Switch store. Like I thought it was just when I bought it, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a relatively, I guess, second rate version of Roas or something. I didn't expect it to be a teach people about um, ancient Chinese poetry game. But it's there, it exists. Um, as to what it says about um, the kind of games that we're getting on the Switch store, I don't know. Uh, the v- variety is great, I guess. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, are we going the way of, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm kind of like curious as to how this game got on there, what the process was. <laughs> not to say that it's not a great game. I mean, it, it's, it serves a purpose. It's very educational. But um, I don't know how I feel about that and the bunch of sort of free-to-play mobile games that have popped up there, which have a bunch of micro microtransactions in DLC, which we talked about briefly last year. So eh, it's there. It's educational. Would I really call it a rhythm game? Would I call it a game? I probably wouldn't say so. Yeah. It's too easy. It's way too easy to be a rhythm game. Like, it definitely just feels like a vehicle for education is what I mean. Take that as you will. Not like it's so badly designed it can't be a game. But it's so forgiving that it that it fundamentally is not like the concept of every other rhythm game on the on the store, which is you know you get good at moving your fingers super fast and, and on time to something. Here, I could probably have been sedated and still manage a number of perfects. You know, I I, I think difficulty wise, everything about the game makes it feel like an educational vehicle, which is fine. There are educational games for kids out there that is perfectly okay. But I'm just curious as to sort of what the curation process was like to get that on the store. <laughs> but yeah. No educational game we need on the Switch. Yeah. The typing of the dead. <laughs> we need that. Hey, you know what? Why not? One day. Make it happen, Sega. <laughs> so yeah, that's me with Lyrica. Um, and we're going to move on to Andrew, who played Overwhelm um, this this week. I have completely forgotten about, about Overwhelm and what that game is about, so Andrew will just have to tell me. Uh, enlighten me. Overwhelm. How is it? What is it? Overwhelm is is a platformer where you play as a space guy who gets thrown into this hive with a gun, and he has to kill all the monsters inside of it. Cool. And uh, it, it's not a very long game, but it's a very challenging game, so that's where you're probably going to be still working at it for quite some time. 
because there's not actually a lot of enemy variety in this hive and the hive isn't very big mm -hmm. but the five big boss enemies that you're supposed to kill before you escape the hive every time you kill one of them it actually will send out its special ability to the standard enemies of the hive so when you kill the first boss now all the enemies in the hive are a little bit stronger and then the second boss now they are even stronger still so by the time you're going towards that fifth boss the enemies have the special powers of all the other bosses and they're just the standard enemies that you have to deal with now so there's a bit of strategy involved in deciding the orders you want to do the bosses mm -hmm. in because if you do one boss too early then you'll have to deal with the enemies having his power and that'll create a lot of problems for you and you have to do all five bosses in not a single life but like in a single playthrough and you get three lives for each attempt so if you die three times then you have to start over from the beginning mm. uh, but if you beat a boss then you get three more lives so if you kill a boss you get three more lives that you can carry on in your attempt to kill the next one. And if you can manage to get all five down and get back to the entrance, then I assume that will be the end of the game. I, I found each boss individually. And once you do that, you can actually unlock a waypoint where you can start right next to that boss on your next attempt. But you still have to do all five of them in a single playthrough, and you don't get that waypoint if you get a game over. So there's quite a bit of challenge here. I, I'm kind of digging this. It's not a very attractive game. It's one of those games that uses like ultra low resolution graphics as like a stylistic mm -hmm. choice. And then almost all the colors in it are like red and black. <laughs> uh, so it, it took me a while to uh, like get into it. I had to really commit myself to playing this and understanding it because it was frankly repellent when I first started. Wow. But once I, once I, got to the first boss that I found and started kind of working towards it, figuring out how to get it down, I started enjoying myself more. And I, I found every boss now at this point, still working on getting them all down in a single playthrough. But this is a pretty cool game for, like, speedrunners and, like, challenge gamers. If Oh, God, if you're one of those <laughs> obnoxious people who thinks Sekiro should, shouldn't have an easy mode. Well, play Go Overwhelm. I think you would like this game a lot. <laughs> That interests me actually, the whole like um, hive evolving mechanic that like the enemies actually change once you kill bosses, so it's kind of ramping up your difficulty as you go. Um, I find that really mm -hmm. interesting. And they are perfectly capable of killing you even without special powers. So. Okay, yeah, <laughs> this is this is the difficulty curve that the gamers who are rising up want. <laughs> Good on you guys. Gamers rise up <laughs> into the garbage can. <laughs> go away, you annoying people. Oh gosh. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, and it's apparently a pretty cheap pickup. Um, so maybe if I feel like banging my head against a wall after I'm done with all my guys for Sekiro, I might look at that if I loathe myself enough. Um, not usually my kind of game, though. But I like the concept of it anyway. So that's interesting. I don't mean to cast my negative tone onto Overwhelm, because I do really like Overwhelm. I just don't like the kind of people I think would really enjoy this game. <laughs> Fair call. Okay, that's a thumbs up on Overwhelm. That's a... Uh, a, a confused shrug but approving educational nod on Lyrica um, and, and maybe on Yoshi's Crafted World and a thumbs up on Darksiders War Mustard Edition not bad okay overwhelmingly positive I would say on average but that's alright let's move on to what we are going to be playing this week <laughs> So 
So I'm going to be playing um, probably a little bit more lower. I just want to finish it. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I just, I just got to finish it. I just feel like I owe it to the game to finish it. And I mean, I'm learning new things about Chinese poetry despite being Chinese and having studied Chinese poetry. So, you know, why not? Maybe it's like, it's time to, to get a hobby. And the hobby happens to be playing a rhythm game while reading slash listening to someone sing, yell Chinese poetry. Why not? I'll be playing my time at Porsche, which is a Stardew Valley Harvest Moon-esque sort of like lifestyle simulator, um, which is pretty deep and comprehensive. So I have quite a few words in that probably next time. It has gay marriage. Love it. Um, yeah. So pretty cool. Pretty soaked. Um, and and the, I don't know how they deal with the whole kids thing, but I'm, if I get there, I'll, I'll get there. We'll explain all that next week. I probably will succumb at some point when I get tired of, of raising my happy gay family in my time at Porsche. I will probably succumb and play Yoshi's Crafted World because, like I said before in the podcast, I've been super, super looking forward to it and I just don't know when to quit. So that will be me. Just don't do the scavenger hunts. I think you'll enjoy it. I think so. From what you've described, like I, I won't derive any enjoyment whatsoever from literally redoing a level backwards. Like There will be zero appeal for me whatsoever. So I will avoid those. Like the plague. Easy. Um, Andrew, what are you playing this week? Uh, I think it's going to be Darksiders for me. Uh, most of my game fundage is going towards the huge number of things coming out in the back half of the month. So yeah, Darksiders is the only thing I've planned, but anything can happen. Sure. No problem. Alrighty. Well, there we go. We'll have updates for you next week um, on Darksiders and um, on all the stuff that we just mentioned just now. And I'm sure Andy will tell us about what he's played this week slash next week. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much um, for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll really help to get us noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services, um, and join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content, and we'll leave links for you in the show notes to click on. And um, if you want to support the show, you can also buy us a coffee. We've got details on our website and details also pinned in our aforementioned Lively Discord channel where we all hang out, talk about the show, and talk about Nintendo Switch-related things slash life. If you want to follow us individually, you can. Andy's at Toast. Andrew is at PlayCritically. He sometimes streams at twitch.tv slash playcritically. Um, and I'm Ginny at GinnyWoz. All right, thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week.
Sekiro, 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 Disappointed! You know?